0: Hi there. Welcome back to the Pure and Simple Bible Podcast. Again, this is Jonathan Edwards, and I'm so excited to be in the middle of a miniseries with you called Proverbs, The Beginning of Wisdom. Jamie Thompson is joining me in studio. This is episode 137, the second part in this miniseries series. On the Beginning of Wisdom, and we are so thankful to have you back studying with us. Now, last week we ended with a question that really left you hanging, and that was, why is this book in the Bible as it is? And so we will discuss the purpose of Proverbs, as well as introduce two metaphoric ladies, Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. Listen, you need to get your notebook ready. There's a lot here that you're going to want to jot down. It was great to be in the conversation. It was great as I edited the conversation. And now it's great to present the conversation to you. It's a good one. And so I want you to have your notes ready so that you can jot down everything as you need to. Let's jump back into that conversation with Jamie Thompson on Proverbs, The Beginning of Wisdom. Okay, so now I know who wrote it. And uh, I know who they were talking to. I know about uh, when it was written and what a proverb is. and and I, and I also know about its structure. And so I guess maybe it's is this the time where we ask the question that you said we need to be asking as we read the Bible and that's why? Yes, well, why is it yeah. in the Bible? Okay? So if I, I I can kind of see that there's more to it than just these, pithy phrases, but why is this book in the Bible and not maybe a narrative that is telling a story about the wisdom of Solomon?
1: Okay, well, I, I think the best way to answer that question is to let the biblical author do that. Okay. Which, you know, I've, I've just learned this recently. This is kind of a side note. I think anytime we want to learn about why a book is written, we need to pay attention to the introduction and the conclusion. That's, that's true for whatever book you read. You um, out in the world but it's true for biblical books as well mm-hmm. and i think it's more important in fact to read the introduction of the biblical book than even the introduction in a commentary because you pay careful attention the biblical author always tells you what his purpose is yeah and so solomon does that as well so in proverbs chapter one starting in verse two we'll read through verse six it says to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel, to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles. So Mm. I think he does a pretty good job of explaining what he's doing. He's writing so that his son and others who read it will be able to have wisdom, be able to receive instruction. And he points out that that means that there'll uh, be the propagation of justice, judgment, and equity. He points out that the simple will get prudence and that the wise will just get wiser, the mm-hmm. more correction and um, uh, counsel that they receive, and, and that people will be able to understand difficult sta- statements, They'll be able to understand proverbs and enigmas. and you'll be able to understand the words of the wise. And
0: when you do that, you can learn more and more. I'm, I'm, I hesitate to make this point only because I don't want to steal your thunder if you make it later in the study. So this is a genuine question. But it, it would appear that in this purpose statement, that a pr- the learning how to re- interpret the Proverbs is going to help me be able to interpret Jesus Christ Yes. Because he, he's going to speak in Proverbs and in sayings. Yes. And it the people of his time, they didn't understand what he said a lot of times because perhaps they did not apply themselves to this teaching and they just relied on their heritage. I don't know. What do you think? I think that's an excellent point. And
1: Jesus explicitly says that he taught him parables so that people wouldn't understand. He didn't, it, that parables aren't, pithy statements to make it easier to understand that they're there to to hide the mysteries of God. So that only those who are willing to uh, look into these parables to try and understand them, uh, only those who are willing to put the work in are able to understand the will of God revealed through the parables. So Jesus definitely uses parables and, and um, uh, proverbs and words of wisdom that need to be interpreted. They're not uh, simple surface uh, statements. Mm-hmm.
0: that are deep and difficult to understand. In your preaching, since you've made this study, do you quote Proverbs as proof texts, or do you tend to avoid that now that you've spent time and see that they're more than just a pithy statement?
1: Uh, I don't know that I ever really, <laughs> to, to be 100% honest with you, Jonathan, I wasn't all familiar with Proverbs as I needed to be before uh, I started to study for this lesson, and since doing that, it's given me a great appreciation uh, for it. Uh, I try. I, we've kind of lapsed recently, but I try and read a chapter of Proverbs with my family every night. You know, it's thirty-one chapters, and so uh, the most number of days in a month is thirty-one. So right. whatever right. Uh,
0: date it is, that's the chapter we read, uh-huh. and. Um, I think that's been really helpful for us. We need to get back on that. It is. We we've done that at times as well, and the kids always giggle whenever there's the the visuals are quite uh on the nose. For example, when it says a uh, a ring in the snout of a pig is better than a woman who lacks discretion. It
1: seems like Elizabeth, my wife is always the one that reads something about it's better to uh dwell on the corner of a roof <laughs> than with a contentious woman. <laughs>
0: Oh, well, Elizabeth, if you're listening to this, then (laughs) (laughs) hopefully you're not reading that chapter. If we've just done a who, what, when, where, why, how, where you're going to take us next is maybe a bit deeper into the Proverbs. Yes. And so you've got a few, uh, I guess, big, big ideas or big concepts to maybe unlock some of the wisdom of Proverbs. Um, I noticed that it's called The Two Ways, Wisdom versus Folly. So is this one of the big points that you make after you've introduced the book?
1: Yes. Okay. Why and I think the reason
0: it? that we spend so
1: long introducing it is because, maybe I don't want to talk for our listeners, but I wasn't very familiar with Proverbs. And what's it trying to do? I think we need to spend some time investigating that. So that's, that's why we spend so much time doing that.
0: I'm going to make a very bizarre example uh and maybe it'll make sense but anybody out there who's bought a piece of ikea furniture <laughs> <laughs> and if you're like me and you think i don't need the directions and it takes you three times as long and then you know maybe you get the directions out halfway through and you you've you feel humbled but like for example uh cabinets for a, a a kitchen. And I know you guys have just done that. You've just renovated. (laughs) That first cabinet takes a really long time. But cabinet number two and three go really quick Mm -hmm. because you've learned to appreciate the ins and outs of putting that together. So I guess in a way, I feel that way in, in what we've just done. We've taken a really long time to be deliberate in the who, what, when, where, why of Proverbs so that when we do look at some of these big ideas, and we consider the scriptures themselves, we can kind of go, go through a lot of scripture quickly because we spend a lot of time building a foundation. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what the,
0: the thought was, so I'm glad we're on the same wavelength here. <laughs> Good. Maybe it's because I helped you in some parts of your house, and I saw you guys struggling with the cabinetry, <laughs> thinking, oh, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Ours are Ikea cabinets too, so... Well, tell me about the two ways, wisdom versus folly. And I'm familiar with this because just in my own Bible reading, I know that in the, the first several chapters, it's this uh, wisdom contrasted with the way of folly. Is that kind of where yeah, it is? And,
1: and so that's exactly the, the, the prologue we talked about, why we should care about this, why we should look at these proverbs and these, these wisdom, these couplets, these one-liners. Solomon is introducing this concept of The two ways, wisdom versus folly. That's why we should care. There are two ways, Solomon says. We can either pursue the ways of wisdom or the way of folly. Mm -hmm. Um, We already quoted it, I'll quote it again, Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's folly. There's two paths you can go down. You can go down the path of wisdom or the path
0: of foolishness. Why do you think those specific words are used, and not something like uh, righteousness and sin. Like, there's the path that leads to life, and there's the path that leads to sin. Wisdom and folly, they seem a little bit more vague or general. Is, is that intentional? I think it's the same concept in a different
1: perspective, and I think that's a really important point, because we can easily go through Proverbs and just think, well, this way is better Uh than the other way. You know, it will be better to be wise, but if it's folly, that's not so bad. No, from Solomon's perspective, wisdom is righteousness and folly is sin. Mm -hmm. I think that's the key to unlocking the book. Solomon is still talking about righteousness and sin. And I think the reason that he's discussing it in this way is he's trying to set up the perspective for his son or for young people in general, that the way of righteousness is wise. It's difficult to teach young people that who haven't had the experience and the consequences of life, because the, the temptation of sin is that it looks good. It right. looks attractive. Right. And the perspective that Solomon is trying to teach is that righteousness is wise because it will benefit you. Sin is folly because it will lead to your downfall.
0: Mm-hmm. And you suggest that everything hangs on this yes. in, in the book.
1: Yes, that's that's the lens that we should view the book through. And I think like we're, we're talking about why it's better to look at the book as a whole rather than just read the postcard or read the calendar qu- quotation. <laughs> and I think that's the reason. Right. Because... It's easy to read the the couplet or the one-liner and miss the lens that we're supposed to view it through. If we don't read Solomon's explanation about why we should care about wisdom, then we're not going to care about it as mm-hmm. much as we should. So we really need to view all the Proverbs, everything in the book, through the lens of wisdom versus
0: folly, righteousness versus sin. My understanding is that in this section, uh, wisdom is profound personified rather as a lady, yes, and so this isn't like a wise woman that that like told Solomon what to say, but rather wisdom is taking on the the personification of yes. a woman. And um, I know you've got a big old long list, but maybe our our listeners they could you could summarize it for them what kind of happens in this section with Lady Wisdom and the lectures of Solomon.
1: Sure. So this is the section we're talking about is this this um, prologue. The chapters uh, 1 through 9, okay. where Solomon is telling us, this is why we should care about the book, why we should care about wisdom versus folly. And so he's got a list of 11 different lectures, but interposed uh, in between these lectures, uh, what we can think of as Lady Wisdom's teaching. It's where uh, wisdom is depicted as a lady who's crying out in the street, and she's telling anyone who'll pass by that, I will give you my gifts. Come to me and and... And, and you'll be blessed, mm-hmm. and you can partake of wisdom. And it's a great blessing, uh, but a lot of people don't want to do that. And um, we also have uh, a raid against her. It's not just the one way, but it's the two ways. We've got uh, Lady Wisdom, but the, the opposite to that is the harlot, whose way is right. folly, whose way leads to damnation. Right. And who, she's tempting this young man to... Her husband's away. He's got a pocket full of money. He's going to be gone a long time. Come, my bed is is uh, freshly prepared and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And Solomon's making the point that this is wisdom versus folly we're talking about. This is righteousness and the ways of God versus the ways of sin. And uh, it looks sin looks attractive. Folly looks attractive because you don't have to think about the future you just go live in the moment right but there are consequences to it yeah and so Solomon is um, is trying to point that out notice the contrast that Solomon sets up in Proverbs chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 I'm, I'm monopolizing here do you want maybe want to
0: read it I don't well I'm yeah I thought you were gonna do you want to say <laughs> no I don't I want to, <laughs> I'm just listening yeah I'll read I can okay. read so uh, Proverbs 4 Verses 18 and 19. Okay. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So Solomon is
1: setting up this two ways, these polar opposites. Righteousness is like the brightness of the sun and glorious and blessed and folly and sin is like darkness where someone just stumbles over mm-hmm. uh, the fool sees the appeal in sin because his eyes are darkened um, he lacks the discernment the wisdom to see the outcome of his actions he's he does not know what makes him stumble
0: mm. psalm 14 verse 1 the fool says in his heart there is no God they are corrupt they do abominable deeds and there is none who does good so I, it I was just Thinking as you were talking about Lady Folly and how folly is more dangerous than what you mentioned earlier, where this is not just some like uh, good options and one's kind of just better than the other, but really mm-hmm. this is the Lord's way, wisdom, and the way of sin. Yes. And the fool who follows that way is going to get to a point where they say there is no God. So for our young brethren, to choose sinful ways and folly, then watch out, because you're going to sear your conscience to a point where you say there is no God.
1: Yes, and that's, that's a terrible outcome, but I think we also need to stress that if you choose the way of folly, it's not the end of the path that leads to condemnation, it's you're on the path of condemnation. A little bit of folly makes a sinner, not the end of the road makes the sinner. That's a good point. And I think that's what Solomon's saying, that... The fool is being enticed by the harlot, and as soon as he walks that, treads that path of folly, then he's a sinner and he's lost. Of course, he can repent. That's the message of the Gospels. But um, the, the the way of folly is sin and is not
0: right with God. Let's, let's circle around to Lady Wisdom again. Can you give me a couple examples of, okay. in this first nine chapters where she's uh, maybe addressing us?
1: Okay, so let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter 1. This is where Lady Wisdom is introduced. Uh, chapter 1 and verse 20 through 23. Perhaps you read this, and then I'll, I'll read her counterpart.
0: You would get me to read that one. Well, I can and do I was... it. And... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Nobody makes a fool of me on my own podcast. Twice, Jamie. <laughs> okay, 1 verse 20. I just flipped there. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. Do you want me to keep going? How long am I reading? Go through 23. Okay. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. So wisdom's right there.
1: She's she's ready to... Give of her blessings. Give of her bounty. But uh, there's also the counterpart. Mm. Notice in Proverbs 7, verses 6 through 10. Proverbs 7, 6 through 10 says, For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. Now, this doesn't mean that he is of folly. This just means that he's naive and he's easily tempted. So uh, verse eight, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. It goes on to explain how she tempts him. So notice that these two uh, women who are personified ideals of wisdom and folly, they're both selling their wares, as it were. Mm-hmm. Wisdom is trying to say, come get wisdom from me. And folly is in, come and sin with me. Right. Take your fill. Um, Lady Wisdom has very few customers, despite having a much better product, mm. as we might say, right. that will benefit anyone that accepts her. But whereas Lady Folly has many customers because she appeals to lust. Wow. That's what sin does. Wow. And so, while sinners think that they're living a good life, Solomon depicts them as ignorant, foolish, and duped. Not just something that's not as good as wisdom; it's sin, and it's foolish. Yes, foolish,
0: in the extreme. Right. That makes perfect sense. That uh, I'm I'm so glad we've we've talked about that and you've emphasized it now a couple times. That these are not two options, and. You know, you just get a a bigger reward if you choose the first one. This is there is a warning of very spiritual, uh, or the very challenging spiritual consequences if you choose folly instead of wisdom. So I think another important aspect of this
1: lady wisdom that um, Solomon uh, develops is her relationship with God. So uh, notice this in Proverbs chapter eight, verse twenty two, says. This is is Lady Wisdom talking. She says, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. Then skip down to verse 30 through 31. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. So the point is that wisdom has a relationship with God. Mm Mm-hmm the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom uh, beginning of knowledge rather right fools despise wisdom and instruction so if you have a relationship with wisdom you have a relationship with god because wisdom has a relationship with god now we have to remember this is talking about wisdom personified what it's saying is that god used wisdom to make the world he had wisdom before he made the world wisdom always lived with god because he has always been wise So, if we follow the path of wisdom, we will be like God, which is exactly what we're aiming for. We're trying to be like God so that we can live with him in heaven. He is our creator, and his creation should seek to be like his uh, creator
0: since we're made in his image. What you just said makes a lot of sense. I'm curious if you could comment off the cuff (laughs) in the book of James, chapter 3, where we have wisdom from above and then we have the wisdom of the earth. One is, uh, let's see, meek. The other is filled with bitter jealousy, selfish ambition. Uh, It is earthly, unspiritual and demonic and maybe people are able to differentiate quite easy but for those who hear well there is a wisdom in this verse that doesn't appear to be the one that's on God's side how do we why would why would we call that wisdom I think here
1: James is being ironic just like Paul talks about um, God has made foolish the wisdom of the wise uh, the wisdom of God is wiser than the wisdom of men, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Okay, James is talking about this same idea of wisdom versus folly, which we wouldn't shouldn't be surprised about because this is by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit who is writing this, if you will. Yeah, and he's saying that there is the wisdom of God. That's the way of wisdom, the way of righteousness, the way of wisdom in um, in quotation marks, air quotes, air quotes. Yeah. He's using it in an ironic way. What man thinks is wise is actually foolish. Okay. And it's evident in its fruit. Jesus says, you know them by their fruits. And that's exactly what James is mm-hmm. saying. Wisdom from God benefits man. Wisdom of man does not benefit him. It's really just the way of foolish. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. These men who have their own wisdom are actually fools because they
0: despise the
1: wisdom and instruction of the
0: Lord. That makes me think of Colossians. Again, I think I've read that uh, or mentioned it earlier. But in Colossians 2, 23, what you just said, I mean, it was like, in my mind, uh, verse 23, these indeed have the appearance of wisdom. Yes. And so that that's the difference is one is wise or one is a wisdom, and it is godly. And the other has an appearance you got to be able to see through it. You'll know them by their fruit. I
1: love that you're making these connections, Jonathan. Um, I mean, you're the one making these connections. I don't have it here on my notes. And the reason I love that is because you're demonstrating why it's important to know Proverbs. Because this is this is a, a deep-rooted theology mm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. God has put this in Proverbs, but it's not just in this book. It's spread throughout the rest of the Bible. And w- once you start understanding what god through solomon and the other authors are teaching yeah then you can start to see the tendrils in the rest of the bible and you can start to understand how this concept of wisdom uh brings forth fruit in in, in the rest of the bible and and applies directly to our christian life yeah. lives these 2500 years later
0: i live for those aha moments whenever you make connections across the scripture. I was listening to a a podcast just tonight while I was driving in the car and it was not religious, but they were talking about uh, curiosity Mm -hmm. and how curiosity is a mixture of two chemicals in the brain and um, epinephrine and dopamine. And both of them are whenever they are released. um, Isn't epinephrine like, with an EpiPen so that's going to release um, well shoot I'm going to make myself look like an idiot but <laughs> you're asking
1: the wrong person I'm, adrenaline. I'm a physical scientist adrenaline. not a biological EpiPens
0: yeah. ad- release adrenaline for when some I know that because of bee stings And yep. so I, we bought some EpiPens so epinephrine is adrenaline dopamine is that drug like euphoria that you get whenever you are experiencing something that you love like a Facebook like <laughs> <laughs> Zingo <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh sorry, Facebook's that's that's showing my age, I'm not hip, right.
0: <laughs> but anyway, uh curiosity to experience it releases these chemicals. The connection is Bible discovery, there is a chemical reaction in your brain where you experience euphoria. When you make these connections, so mm-hmm. the the point of you know go forth, Bible students, and and make <laughs> these because yeah. those aha moments they feel good. I mm-hmm. I physically feel excited whenever I make connections. So maybe it's not about Proverbs per se, but but like we've said, we're connecting Proverbs to other things, and that gets me excited. We're we're recording this for those who are listening. It's like nine thirty at night, and usually I'm like uh, I'm asleep. <laughs> With somewhere in the house I'm asleep whether it's in bed or if I'm sitting in the table uh, in the kitchen or in the living room I'm asleep but I'm not asleep now because as we talk about it I get more amped up I'm excited Um, got that dopamine hit going right now <laughs> we need to talk about natural law and general revelation and people may be a little bit Confused by what we mean, but so we're gonna we're gonna move on from Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly, and we're gonna talk about this theme of natural law and general revelation in the Book of Proverbs. So, uh, what would you say to introduce this point?
1: Uh, it sounds complicated, but I think it's pretty simple. Okay. One of the difficulties with studying Proverbs is that it it seems like. It's just talking about everyday occurrences. Where, where is God in all of this? Because it's just talking about mm-hmm. how to live your everyday life. And it's very different to a lot of other books. It doesn't talk about covenants. It doesn't talk about salvation history. It doesn't talk about um, prophecy. So how are we to interpret
0: this? How indeed, Jamie. How indeed. Well, we're going to leave you right there. It's a great question to leave you hungry for more. So, you got to come back next week if you want to hear the compelling conclusion to this podcast mini series called Proverbs, the Beginning of Wisdom. So, you got to come back. It's well worth it, and you're going to enjoy the study as we finish together. Now, PSB listeners, I want to challenge you like I did last month during one of the mini series episodes. I want to challenge you to please take a moment, if you listen to this on Apple Podcast, or SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Music, would you please go to that app and leave a five-star review? It really is helpful to the analytics. It drives up the podcast higher on a search list. So as people search for Bible podcasts or Christian podcasts, then PSB will be higher on that search list, the more that people review it. And so I would be very grateful you to leave a five-star review so that when people find it, they'd be interested in the program. they come on and listen to it and hear the truth, and more people could be converted and find the gospel. So please take care of that right now after this is over, and uh, that would be very helpful to me. Thank you. I also want to remind you that you can go to the website, and you can find all of the resources that are there, videos, study books, the podcast library, all of it's free for you to download and use. So take advantage of that. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much. And I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon, he was a man like me and you, well his Rose in some trouble.